everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and uh, got another, got another, another great interview. I'm excited about this one because uh, I've been trying to get my buddy on for, I don't know, ever. Uh, and I'm saying that just to kind of bust his balls a little bit, but um, I've... <laughs> I uh, I'm I'm really super happy to have my friend Eric Ballo on. He is the CEO and president of uh, Rick's Roasters, who who does our uh, HMG blends. Um, it's not Rick, it's Eric, and uh, we'll get into that here in just a <laughs> in just a few minutes. So, Eric, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Finally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I I I love it, man. It's, you're a busy guy, um, so I I just appreciate the time that we were able to work out this morning to uh, to get you on. Um, let's let's kick it off, and why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, so as as he obviously mentioned, my name's Eric Ballo. Uh, I'm the president and CEO of Rick's Roasters Coffee Company. Um, I'm also still currently an active duty army officer, um, basically getting ready to retire though here within the next couple of months, uh, you know, uh, a med- medical retirement. So just shy of my 20, um, hey, it is what it is. It probably give me more time to do, uh, do coffee. So, nice. uh, live in, uh, Stafford, Virginia with my wife, Liza and my two kids and my two dogs, um, and um, I'm also an avid hockey fan. Uh, caps are my team, so nice, nice. Yeah. Now, are, are you, <laughs> well, yeah, it, I guess it depends on the year, but I mean, it that that's that's good. I love hockey, love watching it. I, I, I love going to the games, or, and I think a lot of people most like, like, at least me growing up, I played hockey at a very young age. I was not any good because I had like the double blades and. I think they made a custom skate for me because I used to skate on my ankles because I was that bad. So, um, but that's neither here nor there. Let's back to you here. <laughs> um, so, coffee, your active duty, and for the listeners, I mean, I I know, but for the, for the listeners, you're at, you're getting ready to 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 uh, to retire. Um, what got you into the coffee game? Yeah. So funny, kind of a funny story. Um, is that, so there's, there's a couple of, I guess there's a couple of parts to this, but I'll, I'll, I'll start kind of from the beginning. Um, you know, in 2016, I, I got assigned to go, uh, I, I got assigned to, to an assignment in Turkey. Um, and just before I left, you know, my wife and I were starting to go to farmer's markets and stuff like that. And we stumbled on, on this uh, coffee company, a local, local guy, Navy vet, and, you know, started drinking some of his coffee. Um, I was like, man, this, this is pretty good. It's like, this is probably some of the best coffee I've, I've ever had. And, you know, it, it, um, but you know, I didn't, it, it didn't really kind of sink in as like, okay, you know, I'd sometimes get this as a treat, but usually probably go to the grocery store and pick up something else. Um, I went to Turkey for a year, you know, the coffee culture in, in Turkey. I mean, it's, it, it goes back. Yeah. Pretty, 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 pretty far. Thousands um, and thousands of years. Yeah, just, you know, a couple of years. Um, and then when I came back, as I got assigned to go to grad school, um, and, and you know, so I, I have a couple of different hobbies. Woodworking is one of them. But you know, one of the other things that I had kind of wanted to explore for a little while was roasting coffee. 
So I finally just decided to break out a, a frying, you know, buy some green beans off of Amazon, break out a frying pan and, and throw, you know, throw the beans on a, you know, on a skillet yeah. on my grill. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and, and so, you know, I, I, I obsessed over this, watched a dozen YouTube videos on doing this and lo and behold, I'm like, man, actually the first couple of ones turned out terrible. Um, <laughs> but the, the smell was amazing. So right. I kind of got addicted to the smell of it. Yeah, and then when I hit the first one, right. Oh man. I was like, this is, this is awesome. So it, it started kind of snowballing from there. And I, you know, I went from buying like a pound or two of green beans to my, my pantry being full of green beans. My wife is going, what, what the hell are you doing with all of these, all this coffee? We can't possibly drink all this. That's, and I was like, yeah, watch me. Um, <laughs> So as so anyway, going forward into grad school, the, the next semester, I, I had a class project where where uh, the, the teacher says, hey, you know, pick pick a it was a systems engineering class is pick a system, you know, and an and engineer. That was the, that was like the parameters of the of the of the assignment. So I, I said, you know, I'm kind of into this coffee thing. I could see, you know, retiring and maybe doing this It's kind of kind of cool. I'd gotten bitten by the business bug a few years earlier. And, and this was something that I felt like I could really sink my teeth into. So I was thinking back to this, this company, this, you know, this local company um, where I was getting some of this other coffee from. And I had, you know, so in my head, I laid out this, you know, I laid out this plan for my systems engineering class using this, this local company kind of as a template. Okay. Um, and so I got a B on that, which, you know, for, for those that don't know, and it, for grad school, a B is like a C minus, which is kind of funny. Um, you know, and, and like, you know, the, the guy that invented FedEx, um, you know, he's an Air Force vet, and I think he got like a, a C plus or a B on his project um, of FedEx. <laughs> yeah, so who's laughing now, right? Um and so a couple of, a couple of months, about a month or two after I, after I submitted the project, got my, you know, got my not a B. Um, I had a couple of my classmates that announced randomly that they were starting a coffee company. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. So I started asking them questions. I'm like, hey, what, you know, what's your plan for this? What's your plan for this? What's your plan for this? And I basically got the deer in the headlights look and they're like, you want in? I said, <laughs> sure. Now, what I'm not telling you on this, so th this is. This is the uh, this is the funny part is that um, that conversation happened while my wife was out of town for her sister's bridal shower. Oh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, those of you that have done things without your significant other, I'm interested. In, so, how did she take it when she got back, Eric? Um, so you know, she gets back and you know she's she's kind of unpacking and and I'm like, hey, honey, um, by the way. <laughs> I, I just happened to sign up at, 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 in a coffee company partnership. She's like, you what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it'd be great. She's like, uh-huh. So anyway, so part of our problem with the coffee cup with, with this was that we were getting green beans from Nicaragua. Yeah. Like I said, she was, she was thrilled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we we're getting green beans from Nicaragua and, you know, <laughs> originally, trying to trans transport like a hundred pounds at a time on carry on luggage to a drop point in Dallas, Fort Worth <laughs> to then package it and sell it. So, I mean, you know, we were literally like coffee mules. Um, 
And you know, there's got to be a better way to do it. It's just you're picturing. I hope you. I'm laughing hard because one, I know Eric's wife, so I'm picturing what she looks like in her her reaction. I love her. So she's absolutely hilarious. Oh yeah. Now I'm. You can imagine how that would turn out. I know exactly, which is why I'm laughing so hard. But it's like the other part of that is like I'm picturing people like trying to carry a hundred pounds of coffee in a luggage to a drop-off point because it doesn't sound shady at all. No, no, perfect. No, we were just importing Central American agricultural products. No big deal, right? Um, So. But, you know, so this is costing us like dollars per pound, all right? Like, well, surely there's got to be a better way. Well, so the magic number to get to to cut your shipping costs from dollars per pound to pennies per pound is 10,000 pounds. Oh, okay. And, oh, yeah, you know, no big deal. So we're like, yeah, so how the hell do we move 10,000 pounds of coffee? And so I I said, you know what? I'm just going to start emailing local roasters. And one of them was the guy that, you know, the, 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 one of them was the company that I had in mind. And so I, you know, and I, I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll get some responses, maybe not. But anyway, so this guy, he, he responds back to me and he invites me down to his roast. I'm like, man, this is kind of cool. And so I, so I, I meet, I meet this guy. Uh, we'll, we'll call him Sean Ricks yeah. um, for sake of argument. And he says, "Hey, I got a, I got a, uh, I got a proposal for you." I said, "Okay, well, what, what's that?" He said, "Well, I'll, I'll teach you, I'll teach you everything you need to know about the coffee business." I'm like, "Okay, sounds pretty awesome. What's the catch?" He's like, "Well, you'll be a licensee." I'm like, "Okay, cool. What's the catch?" It's like, "No, that's pretty much it. I, I want you to, uh, you know, I want you to help spread the Rick's Roasters brand, do your own thing, and learn the business." I'm like cool. What's the catch? Right. right. And he's like, there's no catch. Yeah. There's, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and then, you know, so we started doing that, the, it start. you know, we started growing the, the, and at the time we were called Brass Bullet Coffee Company. What year was this, uh, Eric? This was uh, 2018. All right. So real quick folks, Eric's kind of giving us a backstory on this. So the guy that he's talking about, uh, Sean Ricks was the he, he was the one that founded Ricks Roasters originally, and and I I know Sean my, myself, and that's how I met Eric. Um, and we're getting to that point, so I'll let Eric take over from there. But uh, yeah, yeah, and, and and so and and so you know Sean, and you know that there's there's you know like at, at first it seems just like it's too good to be true, yeah, salt of the earth kind of guy, but uh, it wasn't. He was you know he's genuine about this. Yeah. Well, so, and, and, you know, he, and we, we won't go into the, the, you know, the details, but long story short is that he, he still had some significant health issues. And so he and his wife decided to retire down to Florida. And so he was looking for buyers for the coffee company. So, you know, we threw our hat in a ring because we started gaining some momentum and we're going, well, shoot, you know, we don't know what happens if we lose this deal because we think we're doing pretty good at this point. And so we basically bought the company. So going back to the original, you know, kind of just the original thing of four years before I, you know, even thought about this company, I started drinking the coffee. Right. And then did a project with this as my mental model. And then a year later, we're buying the company. Right. 
So, I mean, it's it came I, full still, circle for you. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and, you know, there, there are times when I just sit in the roastery and, and since then we've all, you know, you've seen it now yeah. move, move locations yeah. and I just sit there and I marvel at just how awesome, you know, it's obviously had its ups and downs, but just how awesome it's been overall. I mean, you sit, I sit there and go, man, this is, this is pretty cool. I remember coming down last time. Um, we, it's when we put the blends together. I brought my buddy James down there with me. Yep. And we, so <laughs> we, so just to give to picture, give you guys a kind of paint a picture for you, for you guys listening. And, and first off real quick, if you're, if you're listening to the show, that means you're already online, go ahead and open up another browser and go to ricksroasters.com. And you can see the plethora of different blends uh, that they have. They carry the HMG blend, but they 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 also have several other really great blends. I uh, recommend the Four Horsemen's. That, that's an awesome, awesome blend. Um, check that out and, and uh, order some coffee today. Um, I went down there, and Eric had called me, I guess it was probably about a year ago, and we had t- talked when, when, when Eric kind of took over and bought, bought the company, bought Sean out, um, I started working with with Eric, obviously, and, and Eric and I kind of hit it off. Both Army vets, um, uh, him being an officer, we don't hold that against him, uh, but <laughs> being an enlisted guy. But but him, and we just there was just like a connection. We just we just clicked. And I usually when we have a, conversations, they're not short. They go forty five minutes to hour and a half, and, and we get into some pretty deep conversations. And I, and I absolutely love that. Um, so he calls me up and says, "Hey man, are you still interested in, in expanding the you know your heroes line?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely." He's like, "Why don't you come on down?" So we we set up a time, went down there, and it was just like, you know, and this was this was in the uh, they had just moved to the to the new location. It's it's bigger. You walk in and you you just just smell all the coffee. You see the you know coffee and the bags, and it, it's it's an awesome awesome experience. If you're ever in Virginia, I highly recommend to to call them and go at least just to go check it out and and learn something. You learn so much each time you go down there. But then he he sets up like all these um, filters. It's like let's try these rows, and we're he's like a mad scientist. He's like he's just blending different. Like, what do you think of this? How do you want this? Blah blah. And I think. You know, I'm thinking like, oh, okay, we're going to only be down there for like an hour, like four and a half, five hours later. And after about, you know, a thousand pounds of coffee that we sipped uh, and whatnot, and we're, we're all shaking there like, oh, yeah, it's going to be good to go. Yeah, it was it's such an awesome experience. Um, and I'm, I'm honored that that I get the opportunity to to, to work with you guys and, and have a blend because it's it's some of the hardest people, uh, hardest working people that you'll ever meet one uh, to Eric really, uh, he probably won't say this, but I'm going to say it for him. He really wants, like he, he loves to kind of, uh, educate people and present the, the coffee to you. So when you go in and you're doing like a, a little, t- a tasting, he really gets, breaks it down into detail, the coffee beans and, and, you know, what to look for in the different flavors and how it hits the palate and stuff like that. And it's, it's such a cool experience. So again, if you're listening to the show, open up another browser, go to ricksroasters.com, find something that you like. They have it, I guarantee it, and order it today. You will not be sorry. Um, so I, want, I wanted to put that 
that out there. So Eric, you've been doing this for for quite a while now. Um, yeah, about about three years, which yeah. is yeah, what young what, compared to some some folks. <laughs> yeah, but but you you have a you could tell that you're pretty passionate about it. Um, yeah. What? Let me ask you this. Uh, here's a, just a random question. What's your favorite part about it? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, aside from the, you know, the all you can drink coffee that I get to take home. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, no, I, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, so when I, you know, and, and probably like a lot, like you and a lot of folks listening, when I, when I grew up, coffee was this stuff, was this brown stuff that came in a, in a, in a red or blue can, you know, and that was, that was about as far as it went. Like there wasn't really much thought behind it. Yeah, it was like like eh. nobody really, nobody really knew or cared what it was. You know, it was the best part of waking up um, was that, you know, nasty Brown stuff in your cup. Um, and you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're dying here. Um, We're not sponsored by those. We're so, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but you know that was it that was all the thought that went into it right so you know when i finally started roasting on my stove top and just started you know and it and it started off just a little bit at a time like i'd look up um you know i'd look up a bean you know some beans from ethiopia like i'd had ethiopian coffee one time when i was a company commander one of my one of my ncos still had some coffee that he had brought back and I mean, and this stuff, like, you know, two sips of this, and we were all bouncing off the friggin' walls. I think we did like a sixty-mile ruck march in about two, you know, two hours or so. I mean, Jeez. like, we were we were friggin' wired. So, you know, tried that. We try, you know, then I then I would buy some coffee from, you know, like Bali, and I'd buy some Brazilian coffee, and you know, just and then and I was going, holy crap! Like, you know, there really is different tastes to this, right? Um, and it's, and it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like wine taste. Um, but then, you know, you start going deeper into it and, you know, you start, you know, you really start researching some of this stuff and, you know, what, what you don't really, what you don't really learn about coffee in, 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 um, you know, with, with mainstream coffee companies is that you don't know just how many people that are behind that cup of coffee in the morning. Right. Um, they're, you know, like there are some larger farms that they harvest, uh, they do mechanical harvesting of, of the, of the coffee fruit and it's coffee cherry. Um, and they, you know, there's, there's some, there's some mechanical processes involved of extracting the, you know, the, the, the cherry pits. So, I mean, a coffee cherry is a stone fruit and what we're drinking up is roasted ground up cherry pits basically, nice. but there's still one process which cannot be done by machine. And, you know, and that's, and that is the sorting of the coffee beans and it's all done by hand. And so in all of these villages all across the world where coffee's grown, there are, you know, there could be 10, 20, 30 people who they are sitting there and they are, and they are, they probably know more about coffee than I will ever learn in my lifetime. And they can just take take a coffee bean, look at it and know that, yep, that's a good one. Yep. That's a pea bear. Yep. That's a good one. That one's crap. Um, and so there are so many people involved in processing coffee 
And so I, I like to I like to tell people that coffee really does connect the world. And right. so it's not just about sitting down and you know and having a cup of coffee with somebody, which is kind of a ritual in our culture and in right. many other cultures, but it is a literal connection to the world. And I think that that's just um, I think that's the thing that fascinates me probably the most. You know, I never really looked at it that way, and and it's, and it's, I'm glad you bring that up because it 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 really puts uh, a new light on things like you know you think coffee is like you probably got a couple people out there picking it and then they're throwing it into a bag and it's getting shipped to you know wherever right but like that like you just said the process behind it like you know you and i have had conversations about coffee farms and, and and stuff like that and um yeah let me ask you this for the listener do you does it take a lot? I mean, coffee grows on a, a tree, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And, and usually, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if it's a good year, you could probably get a couple of harvests out of that tree a year, usually. Yes? I, you know, that, and that's actually a question that I don't really know the answer to because I, you know, that's still part of the process. Of right. Learning. So it's but like, I, I will tell you that the climate is very specific. You can't just grow coffee. Anymore. Right. Right. So let me, okay. So let me ask you this at, at Rick's Roasters, how many different coffee beans do you guys use in, from different parts of the world? Ideally. I think, right, I think right now we're, we're up to 15 different, uh, 15? different types. Yeah. Wow. Um, some of them are, some of them we don't use and blend. Some of them we just sell a special, you know, sell on its own. Like we have, we have, uh, some coffee from, um, a, a farmer that we buy directly from in Honduras. Uh, we did have a deal where we were going to be buying some, some coffee directly from some Brazilian farmers and in COVID, like all good stories right. last year. Yeah. Um, and then we also have another, we also have another farm that we work directly with in Colombia. Um, we haven't gotten any of their coffee in lately because they had some import issues, but we're hoping that that gets resolved too. But yeah, so I mean, you know, we 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 kind of fluctuate and depending on sometimes depending on my mood, much to my <laughs> much to my one partner's <laughs> chagrin is, you know, I might I might just be like, hey, I really want to try this coffee, and I just order a bag and see if you know see you know we 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 buy it, we roast it, we try and sell it, we market it. And if it's a hit, it's a hit. If it's not, it, yeah, like we did that with Bali Bloomin, which is one of Liza's favorites. Um, she'd pestered me for almost two years to bring in Bali Bloomin. And then I finally did it. And when we introduced it, man, it took off. Like I, I now can't get rid of it. One, because, you know, she'll be mad at me. But right. two, I mean, we have people that are constantly ordering this coffee and it's, and it's great. Right so. on. Let me ask you this. What's next for you guys? Oh man. Um, well, that's a good question. So, so, you know, it's part of, you know, part of it is just kind of recovering from 2020 and, and, right. and trying to get everything, you know, back on track. Um, you know, there were obviously, and this, you know, this kind of goes just across the board really. Um, you know, we've we've had talks with a couple of different grocery store chains nationally, um, and and they do you know each grocery store does what they call a category review, it for different um, product categories, uh, and they do one every year, but a lot of those got delayed because you know because of COVID because people kept getting sick right. and 
Um, so we're hoping that by April, well, not April, uh, yeah, probably April, May, um, we'll have a couple of these category reviews that go into our favor and we'll start being able to, to, to push more coffee out nationally. Um, right now, we're kind of working through a rebrand, not a rebrand, but like we've, we've cleaned up our social media, we've cleaned up our website, we're on Amazon, and all of it looks really slick and, you know, and, and polished, um, just like a lot of the major coffee brands. The problem is what we've, what we've come to realize is that when we polished it a little bit too much, we, we took out some of the personality. So um, we're, we're working on, you know, kind of showcasing ourselves. Like one, one coffee tasting that I did the other day, we had a tub of junk beans and I decided to, um, you know, our, our, our marketing consultant had made the joke one day about recreating the, uh, the American beauty picture with coffee beans. So I just sat down in a tub of coffee beans. And I started making myself a, a coffee bikini and we've talked about doing coffee angels and, you know, just kind of goofy stuff, but, you know, cause he's like, yeah, hey, you got to showcase your personality. I'm like, hey, you're really sure you want that? I mean, we can, but man, I don't know if you're ready for that. Um, but not like in the, um, not in like, you know, some of the other veteran coffee companies that, right. you know, they, they're all about guns and bikinis, which are totally fine, but that's not really us. Like, right. I don't think, you know, Nobody's going to be uh, different logging on to see see my dad bod going on. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Eric, yeah, for, so for, for, so this so this year we're, we're we're I think we're really prepped for a growth year, and then also with um, the stuff that we're doing with with you with H and G Beverages and, and working the coffee line and things like that. I mean, we're we're really hopeful that um, a lot of this stuff will you know catch root and um you know as, as you've told me a few times you know it, we go oh crap we gotta we gotta slow down for a few minutes and take our breath but right. um but yeah that's 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 our hope for this year and i think that i think that by the end of the year we'll be well positioned for that it's it's just kind of getting there that's been the, the, getting, the end. Get, yeah getting your legs back under you yeah basically. yeah no i i i see it as you know um, let me ask you this: What uh, for for somebody that's like looking for a, a coffee? What it, that maybe wants to try something different or whatnot? What should they look for when somebody is looking at a coffee? Because you could go to a store, as you know, in, but there's a, there's a lot to choose from. But some of them, like you said, you know, you're a lot of people are like, you know, like. Uh, you go to the store and they're like, well, I'm used to seeing that, you know, red label or blue label yeah. or, or, you know, ones that are orange or, or whatnot. Um, and you're kind of like, eh. like, I, I look at those types of coffee as like, you're just paying for the name and it's usually not that great. Um, so, so what what should somebody look for when they when they're picking out a coffee like i get let's just say you're you're talking to somebody like hey i'd, I'd like a, a different type of coffee I, I like kind of a maybe a darker me i i drink i'm an equal opportunist it it really depends on the day if it's later on in the day then i'm probably drinking something a little bit on the lighter side because i want to sleep that night where in the morning it's <laughs> you know it's usually the heroes united which is a little bit darker and it's got a little bit of a punch to it, like, all right, I'm awake. Let's let's do this, you know, kind of a thing. So what what would you tell somebody that's looking at coffee or wants to try something different? 
um, what should they look for? Yeah, so um, I appreciate the uh, the softball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's so first there's there's really two kind of categories of, of of coffee. Okay. There's commercial grade, which is so there's specialty grade and there's commercial grade. And commercial grade is all the stuff that's left over that's not deemed specialty grade. And and, and what what that means is that you get you get less defects and you get less. Um, less issues with specialty grade coffee. Commercial grade is quite literally the stuff that they basically sweep off the slab and sell at very, you know, pennies per pound and it's bulk coffee and whatever you get in it, you get in it. And and, and I'm I'm not kidding. It is. So basically think of it as like the hot dog of coffee. I knew you were going to say it. I I know. I I told you this before. Yeah. So, yes, I love that analogy. It's like, do you really know what's in your office? Well, it's also the same thing with commercial coffee. So, and commercial coffee cannot be labeled as specialty coffee. Number two is um, you'll get, you'll either get, there's, then there's two main branches of coffee. There's robusta coffee, which tastes like burned tires and battery acid, in my humble opinion. Um, It's, higher in caffeine content. So if you don't care about your taste buds and want to, you know, you want to scrape your tongue off with a Brillo pad, knock yourself out. But or, if you do want quality, or having a heart attack for that matter. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you could have heart palpitations and stuff like that. And there's, there's some coffees that they pride themselves on being the world's strongest coffee. They say nothing about taste. And when you look at their labeling, it just says a hundred percent coffee, not a hundred percent Arabica coffee. So Arabica coffee is the actual coffee that is, you know, when it's specialty grade, you can actually drink it for taste and caffeine content. So you're looking for specialty grade, 100% uh, Arabica coffee. And then the other, the other telling thing is, is um, look for a roast date. And what you'll find a lot of times is that is a coffee that sits on, on a grocery store shelf I mean, it could have been roasted six months to a year ago, and you're not you're not really getting quality coffee. Um, we actually just just went through uh, just went through an, a, you know kind of this uh, same exercise with uh, with the grocery store that we're in um, when they thought that we you know they thought we had a year of shelf life on our coffee, and I said no, we're we're not going to sell year old coffee to customers who are going to pay the prices that we're asking you know we're, we're going to you know we'll keep the coffee on the shelves for six months which to me is still too long but you know considering the considering what's what what else is out there it's still a better deal than what you're getting right but you know you could get you could get a lot of the you know a lot of the larger coffee companies you're going to get coffee that's been sitting on the shelves for, for up to a year what what's the, what, what would you say the shelf like would be like and is there a way to prolong the shelf life like like stick it in the freezer or you know yeah, something so, like that i I, so I don't the, know that's what i'm asking but it's like so would you say like 3 to 4 months or something like that and then yeah you know, stick the, it in the, the freezer that, you might get a little longer life on it i mean you you could stick it in the freezer it's generally not going to damage the coffee which you'd really probably want to do is, is put it in an airtight container cuz uh, coffee kind of ages like bread, 
except it doesn't mold. But you know, when when it's exposed to um, oxygen, that's that's how it gets stale. Got it. Um, so just you know, really, you're you're just talking about the the length of time that your coffee is exposed to air, um, and you know, all of the aromatic compounds that come off a of coffee it, it, over time to bleed off. Um, really the the best time to drink coffee is is basically from three days after the roast date to about a month to a month and a half gotcha but you can stretch it out probably to about four months um before you you have to start packaging it in tighter containers we usually go through a pound and and about a week week and a half i mean that's lightweight yeah yeah that's (laughs) i'm I'm being (laughs) <laughs> I'm being very generous in that. Uh, I call that a slow Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he doesn't even roast it, folks. He just starts dumping it in his yeah. mouth. I just uh, start mainlining it. You know? <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, yeah, a couple more questions for you. Ground or whole bean? So I, I mean, personally, I prefer, I prefer grinding my own. Okay. But, um, and actually one of the most, probably the best thing that you can do for your own coffee is invest in a really good grinder. Yeah. Um, and, and you want what's called a conical burr grinder. So they're, they're now you can pick them up in target, for example, for like 50 bucks and I got 18 different settings and you go, man, do I really need 18 settings? Just to, just for reference, I, my grinder has 60 settings and so i can really dial it in like so is it is it kind of like processing meat like i i, I think of like grinding coffee you're like well does it make a big difference or is it is the flavors different if you have like a, a whole bean that's ground in like let's say in like quarters as opposed to just grounding to where it's like a very fine uh yeah i don't want to say powder form but you get it to where it's really really fine is, well, there big, is there a big? Is there a big? Is there a big? Well, uh, that, well, so that's my other question: is how yeah. do you, how do you brew it? I mean, a lot of people, you know, we have a traditional, you know, twelve uh, twelve cup coffee maker where we just put the filter in and, and and whatnot. I have been wanting. I don't know what it's called, but it's like a. I don't know. It's like a glass. You put the filter on top, and then you pour hot water over it, and it just kind of slowly yeah. seeps down. I don't know what that's called, but what? How would you recommend people? um doing it then so yeah so there's there's a lot there's a lot in there and 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 so first i'll i'll just go back to saying like you know when i started with grinding my own coffee i had a little mr coffee blade grinder and and what part of the part of the reason why you want to upgrade your grinder from that is because um the uh those kinds of grinders don't grind the coffee evenly so the, the, what you're looking for is you're looking, first of all, what you want is uniformity. So kind of like how you, you know, you might look at your salt, you don't, when you have salt or sugar, you don't have clumps of salt or sugar. It's right. all pretty uniform granules. Right. Um, and for normal drip coffee, it's basically generally just a kind of straight down the middle, medium grind. Like there's no standard industry language to describe um, you know, what, what grind is best or what grind size. I mean, I, I suppose you could get really sciencey on it, but, um, you know, a good medium grind is good for a drip grinder or a drip brewer. And, and that's, you know, like when you get coffee from us, 
that's what that's what your coffee is ground for is 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 you know kind of a all i'd say all purpose and it's usually good for a drip uh a drip grinder or a drip brewer or a pour over which is what you're talking about um and even french press um the the reason why grind size matters is because it's has to do with the contact time of water on the grinds and so if you're if if you're doing espresso and you're shooting water through it, you know it quickly and at high pressure you want really fine grinds because you're trying to get as much as much coffee touching the water as possible right if it's sitting in a french press or pour over you can grind it a little more coarsely because it's sitting there and absorbing uh the coffee um it, you know what and then you know within within those bands the darker the coffee you want it a little more coarse if it's a little bit lighter roast you want it a little more light um you know so if you get weak tasting coffee it's probably because your grind is too you're too, you're too fine if it's sour tasting or bitter tasting it's either um green mermaid coffee or it's uh or or, or you've ground it too coarse got it got it so eric i got one more question for you sure <clears throat> you're you're on a show called the decision hour yep i ask this to all, to all my guests um and the question is, name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. What was it and what was the atmosphere like for you at that time? Um, I guess there's a couple of different ones that you that, that I could choose from. Um, I, I, I tend to default. There's, there's probably... probably one one event that, that just uh, it, it it's kind of defined my life in a lot of ways uh you know and that was that was in afghanistan um and in in, in uh, you know we we basically um <laughs> we bebopped up into a valley because um our higher headquarters said hey the taliban has seized the district center go go take it back and that was about as much information as we had you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and it's just it's just totally stupid. We're like, oh, okay, we'll go, and you know, we rounded up our couple of our, uh, you know, I was in a, I was an Afghan an Afghan National Army advisor at the time, so we rounded up, you know, we got a company of our Afghans from you know from our from our battalion or Kandak, and we got you know about a hundred police together, and you know, so we we went and just kind of trundled up this valley, um, you know, no recon, no nothing, you know, we didn't have any assets. Nomad evac near us. Um, this is out in Western Afghanistan. And um, long story short is that we we took some back roads <laughs> and just some gnarly mountain passes. And by the time we got into the valley, it was daylight. Um, you know, we, we drove all night into the day. We rested for a little bit. And then by the time we entered the valley, the sun was in our faces. So you can see where this is going. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we got ambushed and, um, you know, of course, you know, you know, the, we, we, we always used to joke about, uh, you know, Oh, there's 700 Taliban and them Nar Hills, you know, we, we'd cut a zero and that was usually more like the case. And of course, you know, we'd gotten the same reports this time, this time it happened to be true. So, you know, <laughs> we, we got, we got ambushed by 700 Taliban. 
Um, and, you know, the, the decision at that point was um, continue to fight or try and get the hell out of there and, you know, maybe just maybe live to fight another day. Right. Um, and and the, the patrol leader wasn't really making decisions. Um, and, and, you know, I, I was a captain at the time. One of my teammates, he was also a captain. Um, and we kind of took charge of the situation. Um, and between the two of us, um, you know, we, we, we fought like hell, uh, to withdraw. I mean, basically, you know, we had, and, and the thing is, we, you know, we, we, uh, our Afghans all kind of took, took cover in this little wadi thinking that that was going to protect them. Um, not, you know, not thinking that the Taliban, so, and, and, and I don't know how much people know about Afghanistan in particular, but like we teach our kids to throw baseballs and footballs. The Taliban teach their kids how to kill the invaders. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just something that you pass down to your kids. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, we're taking effective mortar fire. I mean, these guys are just, these guys are fucking snipers. Right. Pardon my French. No, um, they're, <laughs> these they're, guys, they're lobbing it in on you guys. And, yeah. And, these guys and are snipers. Afghan's very, it's a very mountainous region. Yeah. Um, and, and, those that don't know, a lot of we've had other Afghan vets on, but it's a very mountainous region, and some of those passes that you're that you're going up and down are, you know, you're you're threading what we call threading the needle. Yeah. It's it's one vehicle, it's one way. Like if somebody's yeah. coming the other way, somebody's going to back up a couple miles before because it's or or into a pull off because it's it's not you're not crossing paths usually. Uh, yeah, on it so. I'm assuming you guys got out of there. Obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, I, mean I think, you know, that's, that's why I'm, but yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was, I don't know, 10 to 10 to 13 hours of almost a constant gunfight to get out of that Valley. Wow. Um, you know, and it With was no support, uh, no nothing. Well, we eventually, <laughs> so we eventually got a British Harrier who was, um, you know, he was on station and did, did a, did a show of force at like 5,000 feet. And I was like, he says, you know, it comes out over the radio show, a force complete, mate. And I'm like, uh, that's great. Where, 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 where were you? <laughs> oh, I can't find, I can't find the targets through my binos. I'm going, wait, you're, you're trying to spot targets at 10,000 feet flying at like 400 miles an hour with yeah. 10 power binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the support that we had. So we really were on our own. And, Thanks, and we had, mate. You know, <laughs> Well, and it was one of those things. I mean, like I say, it was either we fail our mission or we live. And so we, we kind of, you know, we, we said we, we didn't have the assets that we needed to actually do the mission properly. Right. And that was probably, you know, I, you know, and, and, and again, it's, it's part of, part of our military culture of, you know, the mission, the mission, the mission. Right. But when at that point, when you're faced with overwhelming odds and quite frankly, it was, we had 150 Afghans and 20 American advisors. The odds are not stacked in our favor. Right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm personally not a fan of fair fights. I think you, you know, the, you know, it, the only fight that you lose is a fair fight. Right. Um, and so this was a pretty, pretty fair fight and I didn't want to stick around for it because I, I, I like stacking the stacking a deck in my favor. Jeez. I don't blame you, man. I, yeah. You know, I so don't blame you. The, the, uh, the, the, follow on to that is about two weeks later um you know we you know our, our 
the the special op the special forces ODA that we frequently supported got some of their some of their buddies together in a larger force and then we'll just say they imposed their will on that district center and held it down for a while. Nice. So eventually that district center became a forward operating base, but back in the back in the days of 2007, that place was like the freaking wild west. Oof. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing uh that decision hour with us and and all your knowledge about coffee uh and and whatnot. Folks, if you're listening to the show again, Go to ricksroasters.com, follow them on social media. They're on the gram, uh, they're on Facebook. They, they do a lot of stuff on, on on Instagram, at least that's where I see it because it's on there quite a bit. Um, so make sure you check that out. Uh, if you're in Virginia ever, down near the Fredericksburg area, highly, highly, highly recommend that you give Eric a call, stop by, do a, yeah, do a tasting, um, Learn about the coffee, how it's made, and watch the process. It's really something else to see. So, uh, Eric, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Adam. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Folks, that's all the time that we have. Again, ricksroasters.com. Check it out. Shout out to our parent company, Heroes Media Group. Uh, go check out all the new shows and uh, all the shenanigans that we got going on. If you haven't gone there, we've recently changed the website, so check that out. Simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.